Well, like I said, like I said there you go. my name is Jeremy, and I want to welcome you. Glad to have you. As you, have, If you've been here the past couple weeks, you know we're in the middle of a ser- uh, series called Distinctive, and we've just been looking at what are the distinctive characteristics of someone who calls themselves a believer in Christ, a Christian or a, a Christ follower, a Jesus follower. And you remember the uh, first week we looked at the distinctive of love and how we're to have this, this um, love for others, this love for the Lord. And as we love God more and as that love is experienced, a natural outflow will then be our love towards others as well in our lives. And then last week we looked at uh, the expression of, of worship, how when we just truly fall in love with the Lord, our natural response is going to be, we're going to worship Him, we're going to praise Him, we're going to want to exalt Him and magnify Him because we get a glimpse of who He is. And in the midst of that glimpse of who He is, it kind of begins to change who we are as well. And so this week we're going to continue that thought pattern on the distinctives of Christ followers. We're going to look at a subject that can be kind of tough, really, if, if we're all being honest, okay? And that's forgiveness. Uh, for some of you, just at the mention of that word, or even if, as soon as you saw it on the screen, you had a face pop up in your head. It's like a, maybe somebody that has hurt you or somebody that's, you know, betrayed you or there's this person that maybe you feel inside that I need to have a conversation to walk through this with somebody. Or maybe there's a situation uh, that immediately came to mind as soon as you saw that word. And I just want to um, just ask that this, this week, knowing this is not an easy topic at all, let's just keep our, let's just be willing to at least be open to see what God could do in our hearts through this. And maybe there is someone in our life we need to have a conversation with. Maybe there is a situation we need to maybe just begin the steps of working through that and, and showing forgiveness because the reality is, and, and the Scripture teaches this, is if we're not showing forgiveness, we're holding on to bitterness. And it's one or the other. And, and I don't know about you, but I know I've been there before myself. I remember, uh, for those that don't know, I'm from Georgia. I moved up from a small town called Cartersville, and I served at a church called Tabernacle Baptist, which is right there in the downtown area. Served there for almost 10 years. I started as an intern, then served as a student pastor. And one of the other guys on staff, his name is Steve. He was, the, he was a student pastor. I was an intern under, then he bumped up to college, missions pastor. But he was like a huge mentor to me. I uh, just invested his life into me, helped me understand what ministry is all about, how to do it biblically and in a way that will honor the Lord. Just really helped me grow as a young man. Um, and so uh, we're, we're really close. We still talk. But I remember he's got uh, two kids, a daughter and a son. They're both married. Both have children of their own now. They both serve as foreign missionaries in the Horn of Africa, or in the North Africa region. Okay, they've moved there permanently. And so, you know, that's probably, that's got to be extremely tough for him. And so he has a great passion for missions. Okay, that's why I shared that little bit right there. But I remember one of the things we used to do at Tabernacle was uh, in November, we had like a missions weekend. He would contact all of the different missionaries that he knew. They would come into Cartersville, and they would each share their stories or experiences with the church. Just give an update, but also say, hey, if you'd be praying for us, support us, etc., that kind of thing. And what we would do in the student ministry, there'd be about three that would come. We'd keep all the students together in that one room all morning. If you've ever worked with students, you know, if you just keep them in one room for a long period of time, they start getting antsy, okay? They start getting nervous. They start getting these twitches. They get excited. Before, no, it's just chaos, okay? It's just absolute chaos. You've got to keep them occupied, keep them you know, busy, so to speak, or the, you know, the ADD will just kick out full force, okay? And when it happens to one, it just spreads. It's like a contagion there. It's incredible how it works that way. And so um, what I, I just simply, I say, if we could have the, the missionaries that are a little more dynamic be with the students to keep them engaged, keep them focused, that'd be great. And the way I guess I said it and the way he heard it were two different things, and it, and it just set him off, okay? Um, he got mad. Then I got prideful, and I was like, ah, you know, I got, man. We started just kind of yelling 
right there. And it's supposed to be this calm, casual meeting, just going over a schedule. And it leaves with him stomping out the room, me just sitting there saying, I'm not budging. You know, just both of us being very profitable. I remember just being able to slow down and really think through and have this conversation that if I didn't do something, this little moment, just a little brief moment of me getting upset because I had my view, my opinion. He had his, and they were different, even though it was ridiculous on both of our parts to some degree, but mine especially, I should have just been more humble in that situation. And if we don't resolve this, I could potentially lose a great friendship. I could potentially lose this mentorship in my life, and I don't want that to happen. So we let a day go. Um, I know the Bible says don't let the sun set on your anger. And uh, thankfully, by the end of the day, I wasn't angry anymore. I'm not, I can't speak for him. He looked like he was really angry at the time, so I was really nervous and scared at that point. But we met that next morning, first thing in the morning. And we both talked through our side. Both got to walk it through. I apologized to one another and uh, extended forgiveness to one another. And thankfully, you know, that, that relationship was reconciled. I know in our lives, things much bigger and greater than that happen. I know in our lives that the, the hurt is much deeper than just a simple argument or misunderstanding like that. I know in our lives that the pain is much deeper, the hurt is much deeper, the betrayal is much deeper. But I want to just ask you to take a glimpse into God's Word with me this morning on what it talks about with the, uh, the concept, the distinctive of forgiveness. And I just want you to ask, your, ask yourself this question as we're thinking through. And we'll bring it up at the end, too, to just reaffirm. Uh, Refresh your mind on, but how can I apply this truth to one person or one relationship in my life? As we, as we go through this morning, just be thinking, how can I apply this truth to one life or one relationship in my life this morning? If you've got a Bible, um, whether it's paper or digital, we'll be in Ephesians 4 this morning. We'll be taking a look at Ephesians 4, verse 32 will be our focus. And the book of Ephesians was a letter that Paul wrote to the believers in the city of Ephesus. Uh, they were a, a pretty dynamic area. A lot of exciting things happening in that time. A lot of young believers. And so just a, a very cool If you've never read the book of Ephesians, I encourage you to just take your time and, and walk through it. Just love, love the continued challenge in the book of Ephesians for my life in, in particular. And so we're going to dive into that. But before we do, I know we've prayed twice, but I don't think you can pray too many times. I just want to say a quick prayer over, over the reading of God's word um, and just ask that he would speak through me. And this wouldn't just be me up here ranting and raving. So let's pray. God... This morning we get to have this great time to dive into your word. I pray that you would help us to understand your word, that the Holy Spirit would just open our hearts, our minds, and our lives to the truth that is there, the power that is there, and that we would just cling to that. It may be something we need to wrestle with, but God, I pray that we would be open to do that, God. May your word be what's the loudest thing said this morning. May uh, your voice be the one we hear this morning. God, I just want you to speak through me. Just use me however you wish this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Once again, it's so good to see you. We're going to do things similar to last week, but also a little different uh, from last week. So this is going to be on the screens. If everything works, it'll be on the screens. If it doesn't, we'll just leave that one up and you'll never know it didn't work. Okay. So that's how we will do that. But in Ephesians chapter four, just got some great, great truths that have been read in this chapter. And this last verse uh, it finishes with this, and we're just going to kind of walk through this verse a little by little and just take a look at it. And so, PJ, if you'll go ahead and throw that first. We start off with this word, be. Uh, this first word, be, and you're like, well, why would you start there? Okay, he's not talking like a nickname, like somebody's name is Brian Brad or, or Bobby's like, hey, be, come. He's not talking like that. All right, this word, be, is simply to become, to develop into. To start becoming. So I automatically want to kind of get your minds in that place that right off the bat, 
We're being challenged to become something, to develop into something or someone. And to understand how, how you and I, I, as believers, can do that, I want to jump back a few verses to verse 22. And this isn't on the screen, so I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, it picks up a verse, uh, I'll start in 20. Uh, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way, speaking of the, the church right there. I know that you heard about him and you are in him. So you were taught the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught to leave your old self, to stop living the evil way you lived before. When it's talking about before saying that life before you met Christ. Okay, that's what it's referencing there. And Paul goes on to say that old self becomes worse because people are fooled by the evil things they want to do. But you were taught to be made new in your hearts, to become a new person. That new person is made to be like God, made to be truly good and holy. You see, when we surrender our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit then dwells within us, lives within us. And the Holy Spirit is who and what empowers us and changes us from the inside out to become more and more like Jesus. The big term for that is sanctification. That's just simply a word that describes this is the process of going from who you are to becoming more like Jesus. It's just that journey. And it's a process. It's a journey. It's not a whoo incident. There you go. Okay. It's not as quick thing. It takes time. But this first word for me just really stood as like be. And you're wondering, well, what do we need to be? He goes on to say that we need to be kind and compassionate. We need to be kind <laughs> and compassionate. Hey, don't, don't stress this. Done that to me. I've done that three different times in a church service. It's so I get it. I relate to that. It's, it is embarrassing, but I'm not trying to make it worse. This word kind, so we'll move right along, okay? This word kind is simply be benevolent, be, be gracious, do good to people, okay? Do good to people. It's pretty, pretty simple, straightforward. And be compassionate, uh, tenderhearted. Show how your heart feels toward others. I love that definition, that whole compassion. Sometimes we can see a need and have our hearts kind of well up and feel like, I want to do something. But compassion takes it to that next step. Leads us actually doing something for that, that type thing we're feeling there. And so we're asking to become, begin to develop into people who are kind and compassionate. But we don't keep it to ourselves. It's not just to say, hey, look at me. I'm kind and compassionate. You know, having a shirt that says, I'm kind and compassionate. What about you? You know, it's not just keeping it to ourselves, okay? We're to become people because it is a journey. I don't know about you, but sometimes there's some people it's tough to be kind to. Let's be honest, okay? There are some people it's tough to show compassion to, okay? Especially like in my family. I've got, a young, I've got two younger brothers, and one is nine years younger than me, okay? And, uh, you know, when he was younger, he'd make some decisions. It's like, oh, my God. you know, just kind of drive you nuts. But I'm trying to remind myself, he's young, he's growing, He's learning. But sometimes he's like, I'm not showing you compassion. You've, you've kind of dug this hole. You're in it until you can get out of it type thing. But God's calling us, look, we need to be becoming and developing into people that are kind and compassionate. But not to ourselves. It goes on to say, be kind and compassionate to one another. To one another. This is where it gets tricky. This is where it gets tough. Because once again, it kind of comes back up. Okay, I've got to extend this to somebody else. And that's not always easy. It's not what we always want to do. Um, back in January, it was the Monday right after New Year's. I had gotten a new phone for Christmas. I was pretty excited about that. But I needed a new phone case because I felt like I was going to drop it and break it anytime I had it. So I went to, I live out in Park Slope in Brooklyn. So one of the closest Apple stores are the simplest. We're right there at the World Trade Center. So I just got on the R, uh, hoofed it over there, rode there, got my case. I was leaving. I said, you know what? I need to go into town. I need to take care of some things at another stop. So I think I was at Canal. 
and I went up to get on the Q train, changed platforms, I'm sitting on the platform, minding my own business, okay, I'm on my new phone, just like trying to stay to myself, I don't know if y'all do that, I got headphones in, it's like, I'm, nobody can see me if I got headphones, I'm invisible when I have headphones, you know, so nobody can see me, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I see these two guys coming up to me pretty quick, two young guys out of the corner of my eyes, and so my mind of me, I said, put my phone up, so it's like, all right, if they're about to attack, I'm going to at least take one of them down, okay, I don't know if I can take two. But at least one, somebody's going in the train trace. That's all I'm hoping for at this point if they're coming after me, okay? Well, they come up to me, and they're just excited, okay? I mean, smiles from ear to ear. They're like, oh, you're that YouTube star. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> they think that I'm this YouTube star. His name that they thought is Jesse Wellens, okay? And I have no idea who this is. I'm like, I, don't, I'm, I have a YouTube account, but it's just to watch movie trailers, so I don't really know. Who this guy is like, no, it's you, I know it's you. And they're showing me these pictures, we look nothing alike. He's got blonde hair, a full beard. At the time, I barely had any facial hair. And I was like, my hair's thinning out. Can't you see this? My hair is like thinning. I'm not this dude. I got glasses. Here's the deal. Apparently, this guy's videos, he does prank videos. So no matter what I did, I could not convince him. Like, oh, you're pranking us. So then they're pulling out their phones, okay? They're over, they've opened up their Snapchat accounts. They're like, give me a shout out. I'm like, that's all I know to do, okay? Because I'm like, I don't know. It's like, do I go along with this? You know, and be kind of mean and cruel, or do I just try to work myself out of this? I kid you not, it was a 35-minute journey. They, they got on the train with me, and as I take a step, like, it's a YouTube star! They're yelling this on the train. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. You know, I'm, I'm getting nervous seeing because I know when I'm sitting there, I don't want people yelling, you know, right next to me, it straddles me or whatnot. Eventually, I had to pull out my Georgia State license and say, look, this is, oh, that's a fake name. We know that you're you. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It took 30 minutes to convince one of the two guys that was there, and they're probably high schoolers. It took a long time to convince the one. Then he had to convince his buddy, and his buddy didn't take it well. He had to sit down. He just kept rewatching the video, thinking he'd met a star. When in reality, he had none. I'm like, have a great day, guys. I just got off the train as soon as I could. But in that moment, you know, I had to, and I know that's kind of a more humorous example there, but I had to kind of show some kindness, some, some compassion to them, and not just like rubbing their face like, you idiot, what are you thinking? You know, they were already pretty sensitive at that point and disappointed and didn't want to <laughs> drag them down any further, but in the more serious situations in life, we're even then called to be kind, to be compassionate. And one of the biggest ways that you and I can do that is by showing forgiveness. And this verse goes on to say, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. Once again, there's probably someone here that a person's already come to mind, a situation's already come to mind of somebody that's hurt you, somebody that's maybe betrayed you. Somebody that has done something to you, maybe they said something or did something to you that just, just really left, or maybe in your mind you're thinking, there's somebody I need to be you know, asking for forgiveness from because I'm the one that did the hurting. I'm the one that caused the pain. This is a very, to some degree, like a sensitive topic, but it's not one we need to dodge. It's not one we need to overlook. This whole thing, this, this idea, this term of forgiveness, it simply means to stop feeling anger towards someone who has done something wrong, uh, to stop blaming someone forgiveness means we're ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offenses uh, to pardon this whole concept right here forgiving each other this is us this is you and i expressing forgiveness we are extending forgiveness to someone else that's not easy because that, that first we, the first step we got to take is we got to humble ourselves to potentially say you know what i was wrong i was wrong i made a mistake i shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have acted that way or responded that way. I'm sorry. That's hard. That's hard. 
I'm not even here to sugarcoat that or say this is easy, because it's not. Most of the time, because there's situations in life where I know I've wronged, okay? It's like with Steve, that story I was telling her, he's like, I knew I had handled that wrong. I wasn't worried about anything he did or said, because I knew I had handled myself wrong. So I had to walk in, you kind of got your head down, like, oh, I got to do this. You know, you're kind of pumping yourself up to some degree, like in a humble way, of course. I was like, I got to do this, got to do this, and I start sweating. Start sweating. And by the time we're done, we're both crying, you know. It was a, just an emotional release. It's like a therapy session without having to pay anybody, so that was kind of nice there. But that's the thing. We're so fearful of this. We're so scared of it sometimes. Or sometimes it's just the pain is so heavy and so real, it's hard to do that. But when we do, it's a release. Because the reality is we're either forgiving and living this life of forgiveness or we're living this life of bitterness. And the thing about bitterness, it doesn't just stay at bitterness. It turns into anger. It turns into wrath. It turns into us verbalizing and slandering. It turns into potentially violent actions at times. If we don't take care of it, it's just going to eat us and eat us and eat us. And so you're wondering, well, how in the world do I go about forgiving? What, what, what do you mean? How do I forgive somebody else? And I think this is where the greatest truth and power in this verse is it says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other as in christ god forgave you you see we've been set the example we've been shown what it's like and this is the source for you and i this is where we learn to forgive this is where we begin to understand better how to express forgiveness because if we're a believer in christ We've already received it. Christ's death on the cross has paid the sin debt that any of us have. When we begin a relationship with Christ, all our sin, past, present, and future, is forgiven. It's sealed. The work Christ did on the cross, Him dying on the cross, He paid the debt you and I could not pay. And I imagine his pain and his hurt were just as great as some of the pain and hurt you are feeling in this room today. And yet he still forgave us. He still loved us enough to forgive us. For me, that, that gives me encouragement that I can at least begin the process. I can at least begin to reach out. I can at least begin to take those steps in my own life to begin to show forgiveness, to express forgiveness to those I may have hurt. I can at least begin that. Because the thing it is, most of the time if we need to ask for forgiveness, we, we know deep inside we did something wrong, okay? Or sometimes we know they, they did something wrong. And most times we all know when we've done, done something wrong. Christ hadn't done anything wrong. He wasn't the one that, that did the sinning or made the, the mistakes. That was you and I. And yet he still died for us and extended forgiveness to us. That's incredible. And for you and me, that's, that's where we find this source. That's where we find the encouragement. That's where we find the power to then extend forgiveness. Because if we're a believer, we've got the Holy Spirit within us that's going to equip, it's going to empower us to do that it's all about becoming who christ has called us to be in colossians 2 13 through 14 we, we read this just as a reminder of god's forgiveness in our lives when you were spiritually 
dead because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, God made you alive with Christ. And he forgave all our sins. He canceled the debt, which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He took away that record and its rules and nailed it to the cross. In Psalm, it it tells us that God has taken our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. He has removed our sins, our transgressions from us. Looking at this concept of forgiveness, there's a few things that forgiveness can bring us. And the first is restoration. Restoration. God's word says over and over again, to experience his forgiveness, we must extend forgiveness to those that have trespassed against us. So when we, we extend forgiveness, it can bring some sort of restoration in that relationship. Now that relationship may never be the same again. It may not be a friendship anymore. But there is at least restoration in that relationship as a whole. But also through accepting the gift of, of Christ and surrendering our lives to Christ, we are then restored in our relationship with God. But also it brings a peace with God. When we extend and experience forgiveness, it brings a peace in our lives that is just absolutely, it's almost hard to describe unless you've experienced it, to be honest. I remember uh, moving up here, I thought one of my greatest fears in moving to New York City from the little town of Cartersville, Georgia, is how, I'm go- how am I going to afford to live here, okay? I'm thinking, I'm going to be a month and I'm going to be broke sitting on the bridge, okay? Just asking for chips, okay? Just asking for any help I can get, terrified. But since day one of being here, I have not stressed a word about money at all. I can't explain it. I don't live in want. I mean, I'm not living in excessive, you know, wealth and, you know, walking around looking sharp or anything of that nature. But I've not had any. It's just been incredible. I just had this peace from God that, hey, you're going to be okay. I'm going to provide. I'm going to take care of you. And it's crazy. When you, when you have that peace from God, it changes everything. You begin to live this life in such a confidence. You begin to live this life in such a way that's like, man, what, I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to fear. I'm just going to live for God all that. I'm not going to let worry hold me back. I'm not going to let this unfinished business hold me back. I'm at peace with God, and I'm just going to move forward. I feel like right now I could just take on hell with a water pistol. You know, that type of mindset that nothing can stop me. But many times, these little things in our way, like we, we're refusing to forgive somebody. They're holding us back from that. We're refusing to let go of us being in charge of our lives. That holds us back. We're refusing to make things right with people can definitely hinder and hold back, especially in the realm of peace with God. But ultimately, and I want you to get this, forgiveness brings freedom. Many times I think we we hold on to wrongs because we think it's hurting the other person. We think, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to let them do this. I'm going to let them live in this. And they're living their lives all right. And you're not even on their minds. Because Max Lucado, who's a Christian author, he said this, and this was just, I read over this and over this the other night when I came across this. He says, forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free in realizing you were the prisoner. When we're refusing to forgive, we've just got ourselves shackled. So like I said, if you may be choosing not to forgive somebody, that means you're choosing bitterness. And it's really hard to live a life God has caused us to if we're in complete bitterness all the time. So like I said this morning, I'm not asking you or, or telling you to go out and forgive everybody you've wronged or go out to everybody that's wronged you and demand forgiveness. No, no, no. Just think through, how can I, how can I apply this to one person or one relationship? I said, just be thinking and dwelling on that. Let's take a small step 
towards extending and receiving forgiveness uh, to those in our lives that have hurt us. Or maybe there's some in our lives we need to ask forgiveness from them because we've, we've hurt them. Just imagine, you know, if we got to a place where as, as believers we were living life in freedom, true freedom, because we began expressing that forgiveness so that we, we openly received forgiveness from others and from God. What a difference that can make if every one of us were living in freedom. Because instead of bitterness, we chose forgiveness. I'm not trying to make this an easy concept. I just want to get your minds rolling in it. Get your hearts thinking on it. Because as long as we hold on to it, we're being held back. And let's not let bitterness control our lives. Let's not let bitterness run our lives or ruin our lives even. Let's just ask for God's help to express forgiveness to others. Because when we start forgiving others, the world will take notice. And they're going to wonder, what's different about them? Why would they be forgiving people so freely? And then we get to say, let me tell you about Jesus. God, I want to just come to you this morning. We've looked at a passage and a concept it's very hard. A lot of emotions involved, a lot of, a lot of pain and hurt, thoughts that go into play. God, I just pray for each individual that is in this room right now that maybe they're wrestling through the pain of it. Maybe they're still just right in the middle of the hurt of a recent betrayal. God, I pray that you just... Just be exactly what they stand in need of right now. God, help, help them to heal through this hurt and pain. And help lead them to a place where they can extend forgiveness to that person. Where they can move past that situation. Where they can bring restoration to things. Begin living their lives with just an incredible peace with you. And they can be living in freedom. God, you've called us to forgive others as you've forgiven us. So I pray that we'll just take that challenge at at exactly what it is, that we are to forgive others. God didn't say it was going to be easy, and we all know it's hard, but we're still called to forgive. It's a distinctive of who Christ's followers are and who you have called us to be. God, may you empower us to do so. May you uh, equip us to do so and just give us the opportunities to do so. Pray that everyone here will just have a, a tremendous week. It's your blessing over this coming week. I just look forward to what you're going to do in the life of each of those here and this church. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.